This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. We're going to continue our teaching this morning on the purpose of the family producing a godly seed. So this is in the series of the purpose of the family. And my section of this teaching is producing a godly seed. And let's just real quickly go back to our anchor scriptures in Genesis chapter 12, starting at verse 1. So it's Genesis chapter 12, starting at verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, into a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And our focus in this scripture is in, in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Before we say that God has an intended position, he has a purpose for the family. The call of the family is to produce spiritually and emotionally established believers who in turn get God's redemptive work done in the earth. You know, it doesn't matter if you produce a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. God is calling us to produce emotionally established believers. Those that are not tossed by every wind, to and fro by every wind of doctrine. But those that are established, that are able not only just to come and show up at church on, on Easter and Mother's Day, but no, those that are able to get God's redemptive work done in the earth. Those that are prepared that have been trained, that are willing and available to go forth and get God's work done on the earth. And we're not going re- to review everything that we talked about last time, but one of the things that we, that we highlighted is that the word of God and godly counsel, that it needs to be a trumpet in your home. The word of God and godly counsel needs to be a trumpet in your home. And for that, verse, for that the key verse is 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, starting at verse 8. It says, For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongues words easy to be understood, how it should be known what is spoken, ye shall speak into the air. And so the word of God and godly counsel needs to be a trumpet in your home. It needs to be simple and easy to understand. Something that's broken down for every member of your household so that they can take action on it. There's nothing worse than trying to impose righteous restrictions upon the unrighteous because it just frustrates them and it makes it makes you angry, right? Because they can't, they can't do what it is that you're telling them. They can't do the, the things you're telling them to do because their hearts have not been changed. You know, it's also frustrating for you to try and, 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 and adhere to those that, that should know and allow them to slide based on what you perceive as their ignorance. What you perceive as, as, 
well, well, he'll, he'll come along. She'll come along. One day she'll get... No, you need to impose a higher standard. As your children begin to grow and mature, you need to impose a higher standard on them. Say, look, you know what? I love you, baby, but, but we, we, we belong to this church. This is where we belong. This is what we believe. Don't come in here talking about that black Jesus stuff. Don't come in here talking about that, that you're a modern-day Jew stuff. No, don't, don't be bringing that mess in this house. We're not having any of that stuff. Look, I know you, you didn't heard some things. You've been exposed to some stuff. But look, this is what is real. I don't care about what they told you in your science class about evolution. Look, this is what we believe. In the beginning, God. This is what we believe. In the beginning, God created the heaven. And you know what? If you can't hang with that, then you know what? Here's your, here's your plate to go. God bless you. Here's your plate to go. At some point, you're going to have to impose a, a harder standard, a, 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 an appropriate standard based on the levels of the children and where they are in their development. The Word of God it needs to be a, a trumpet in your home, easily understood, so that they know that this is, what I, this is what I mean, this is serious business to me. There are things that I've done to sacrifice so that, so that I could uphold the standard of God. There are things that, that we have foregone and done without so that God's standard could be uphold. We can't confuse the standard of God by our children seeing compromise in our own lives. By them seeing us, 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 us shading the word of God to our convenience and trying to shape the scriptures to what's going to sound, um, to have a pleasing sound into our own ears. But you know what? We got to say, you know what? God told me this and I had to repent. I had to get on my face and say, I was wrong about that. I thought that I knew. I thought that, but based on my culture, based on my history, based on grandmama's mama, but, but you know what? The word of God has been revealed unto me, and now we all need to go back to Bethel. We all need to go back to the place where we heard from God, where we heard his voice, where, what is it, we talked about the presence of God was there. That it didn't matter any, about anything else, but that the presence of God was there. So that's, that's what we mean by the trumpet, the, the word of God, it needs to be the counsel of God, it needs to be as a trumpet, in your, it needs to be clear. Easily understood, not counterfeited, not, not, not shaded for your convenience. But it needs to ring out and it needs to sound true. We said that we think that this, uh, that this teaching on trumpets that is most appropriate at this particular time in this ministry, in this season. Because the trumpet in, 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 the, uh, in the Jewish tradition, it was, uh, it was a part of the fall feast. That, that there was the, the feast of trumpets and that was a call to repentance. It was a call to return to the standard of God. And following the Feast of, the feast of Trumpets, then, then there was the Day of Atonement. Then there was a Day of Atonement where redemption was sought, which was a covering of sins. So coming out of your repentance, there needs to be a, a seeking of redemption. Say, God, cover this. Take away these purge. Purge me from these sins. Not that I'll return to them, but per take, take the desires away from me even now. And then after the Feast of, of at the Day of Atonement, there was the Feast of Tabernacles, which was a remembrance. It was a celebration, a remembrance for the fulfillment of God's promise. And I'm so looking forward to, 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 to when we celebrate, to when we shout unto God, with the voice of triumph that, God, thank you for what you have done. Thank you for the changes that you have made. Thank you for the deliverance that we have won, that you have won by your hand. 
Thank you, Lord God. And so the Feast of Trumpets, that's Rosh Hashanah, it signaled a call for repentance. It was a, a gathering that was announced with the blast of the trumpets. It was a holy convocation. And so now is the time when we need to be gathering in. We need to be calling in to all those that have called upon the name of the Lord. All those that have, that have said that, that they accepted Christ as their Lord. We need to be calling them all in. Call them all in from all corners. You were baptized. I believe you were baptized because you were saved. I'm calling you in. Now is, now is not the time to be put away, to hide off and be by yourself. Now is the time for, for all to come in. All of our children, all of our nieces, our nephews, our whole families, they, we need to call them all in. So look, God has called a holy gathering. A holy gathering has been called. Call them all in. It says now is the time to hear the word of the Lord. To hear the counsel of God so that we can reconcile where we are right now to what his standard is. And when we see where we are compared to what his standard is, we all need to repent. We all need to get on our face and to turn over our place and say, God, what is it that you desire? What is your purpose? What is your plan? How can we return unto that? Now is the time for the trumpet to sound, for us to call in. From far and wide, not even in our own, not just in our own homes, but across our communities. Say, those who is on the Lord's side, who trusts and believes in God, who has put their faith in the Lord Almighty, now is the time to show it. Now is not the time to hide behind your position and your status. Now is the time to come in, to come in from the outside and to hear. We said our children, they have to be taught the value of God's purpose. They need to be taught the importance of godly counsel. Otherwise, when a trumpet is sounding, they're going to give over to arguments and debates. They're going to want to discuss the matter when they should be preparing themselves. When they should be getting ready for the thing that's, that's to come next. We said teaching is required because the desires of the flesh... What we want to do are contrary to the purposes of God. Teaching is, is required because this world system, this system of incentives and bonuses, of rewards and punishments, is contrary to the purposes of God. The world rewards your children for doing that which takes them away from God's purpose. And they try to punish them for pressing into God's purpose. But that's why we have to bring forth teaching that if God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? When a trumpet is sounded, we said in the book of Nehemiah, when he said that when a trumpet sounds, because we're building and we're working, but there are enemies all about. But when, a trump, when you hear the trumpet sound, come in. Come into that place where you hear the trumpet sounding. He says, God fights for us. God fights for us. Cheating is, is needed because our children, they're going to waste their most precious commodity. They're going to just waste it, which is their time. They're going to waste their time entangled in their own dead works. Trying to figure it out for themselves. Trying to make their own way. Trying to find a husband, trying to find a wife, trying to prove themselves to people, to their employers, trying to find their own way 
instead of moving forward with God's purpose for this community. The word of God and godly counsel it needs to be a trumpet in our homes. And so today what we're going to talk about is that we're going to talk about two examples in scripture. So last week we talked about the principle of what the trumpet means and, and how it's established in scripture. Now we're going to talk about some examples that, that we see in, in, in the, the men that we're going to talk about are Abraham and Lot. Now these were two men of their time. Right? They, they were men of their, of, their, of their area. They were men of their time. And they were both considered to be, they were both descended from, from Eber. And so they were, they were, they were from a, a, a line or a lineage that was, that was known as the Eberites or the worshippers. And so they came from a culture that, that, that worshipped all manner of things. All manner of graven images. And Abraham was called to be separated from that. We saw in Genesis, in Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 where God says, Come out from this, come, come and separate yourself from worshipping after idols and vain things. And serve the only one God, the only true God. And then go back to Genesis chapter 12. We'll look at verse, at verse 4. God's giving them a call. He says, get out of your country and from your kindred, from this vain worship, from these vain observances, and come to the place that I'm going to show you. And when you get in a position, when you're in place, then I'll be able to make you a blessing. And you being a blessing, all the nations, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So this is Abraham's response. So Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, verse 4, it says, So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai, Sarai his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. I love the way the, the poetry in Scripture says they, they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan. They, they, they did. They didn't, just, they didn't just make progress towards. Because before, in the earlier, in the earlier time, they went forth, but they got, they got delayed in Haran. This time they went forth and they actually they, they went, they got to where God wanted them to be. They went forth into the land, and into the land of Canaan they came. You know, Abraham, he's commanded to leave his country, to leave his kindred, to leave his father's house, that vain practice of worship. But you know what, Abraham, he's not commanded to leave his wife. He's not commanded to leave his wife. Right? People, a lot of people say, well, you know, is it, is it my family or is it God's purpose? It's God's purpose includes your family. There's, there's not an either or situation. God's purpose includes your family. He's not, even, he's not even commanded to leave his substance. Abraham was able to bring all those things that pertain to him with him. And because Abram didn't have any heir, Abram and Sarai, they were childless, so he had no, he had no natural heir. So Lot went with him because he was his heir. Lot was to be as a son to him. And everything that he had was supposed to be passed down to him. Lot was supposed to be with Abraham as a son, as sonship. Keep that in mind. Abraham was told to leave, leave, leave your brothers. Leave your father's house. 
It says, you know what? Take your, take your family. And included in that family is Lot, who was as a son to Abraham. But along the way, as Abraham settled in the land, and then moved to Egypt, and then came out of Egypt, with, with, with more wealth than he went in with, along the way, as Abraham began to strive in the land, began to work in the land, the land began, became productive for Abraham. And it became productive for Lot. But you know, success in the eyes of men is no replacement for God's purpose. Success in the eyes of men is no replacement for God's purpose. You know, we have to tell our children that they, you know, $15 an hour is not enough to keep you away from God's purpose. It's not enough to keep you out of the house of God. Right? A half a million dollars in, in, in business gross income, that's not enough to keep you away from God's purpose and God's design. None of that means anything. We said before that, that your role as a citizen, as a business owner, and even as a husband or a wife, as a son or daughter, none of that means anything outside of God's purpose, out of his design, out of his plan. Genesis chapter 13, verse 5. Just turn over one page. When Abraham, Abraham had, had, to, had to make a detour into Egypt because there was famine in the land, but he came back. As soon as he came back, he went back to Bethel. He went back to the altar of God. He's like, you know what? I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was in a place, but I didn't want to be in that place. As soon as I could get back, my only thought, my only desire is to worship God, to come back to the altar. Come back to the altar and to worship God. Verse 5, And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and herb, herds. Intense, and the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abram's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. So Abraham, Abram, and Lot, they had much substance, and there was great increase. And there was a discussion over how to allocate the scarce resources. And instead of, instead of taking a, a son's position, here, here now Lot, Lot is saying, that, you know what, I got my own. I'm going to take care of my own. And that assertion, it calls, you know, when, when you are out of position, your attitudes show forth. And to all those that, are, that work for you, when you go and you, you eat pastor at dinner, when you say negative things about the ministry, that same, that same attitude is known throughout your whole household. And you wonder why your children don't speak to the ministers when they come around. You wonder why they have offense against the, the, the department heads over minor things. It's because examine yourself in the testimony and the witness that you have shown. So here they are. They both had success. But, you know, it's noted that Abram, in his success, that he always called upon the name of the Lord. That he always went back and he worshipped at the altar. He worshipped the Lord during his difficult times. And he worshipped the Lord during his successes. It didn't matter what was going on. His desire, his hunger, 
his heart was always towards God. You know, money and success, they don't make your character. Right? Money and success doesn't make your character. Because you see someone that appears to be well-appointed, that appears to be successful, that doesn't mean that they have good character. Right? Because you see someone that seems to be struggling, that seems to be living paycheck to paycheck, that does not mean that there's some deficiency in their character. Your money, your success, it does not make your character. But you know what? One thing that money, what it does, it will reveal your character. It'll show you who you really are. It'll show everyone around you who you really are, what you really value. You know, for some of us, success is a temptation. It's a test. It's a trial. Because the thing that we wanted to do, because we were constrained for lack of resources, now we can do it. And now, now, now we just go wild. We find ourselves out of control. It's like those college students when they get away from home. Before they were under their, their, their parents' curfew. They were under their parents' direct control. But now they've moved out onto their own. And they can do whatever they want to do. They can stay up as late as they want to stay. They can go where they, can go where they want to go. And don't have to answer to anyone. Don't have to be accountable to anyone. But guess what? You are, you're always accountable. You're always, you are always, it doesn't matter where you are. You said that you believed in the Lord God. You confessed that in the congregation. You gave a public declaration when you went down in the water. You are always accountable at all times. Genesis 13, later on, let's look at verse 8. And Abram said unto Lot, let there be no strife. I pray thee, between me and thee, between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. You know, personal possessions, they become more important to Lot. Than his relationship with Abram. What he had became more important to him than his relationship to purpose, to his connection to God's will. You know, one of the things that, that Abram says, and he says it so politely with a smile, and I'm sure he only had goodness in his heart, but he says, We be brethren. We be brethren. He's saying, You know what? Uh, I love you. We're going to continue in fellowship. We're going to continue in harmony. There's not going to be strife between us. We be brethren. We be brethren. But that's not... When, when, when Lot came out of Haran, that's not, that's not what he was there for. He wasn't there to be Abraham, Abram's brother. He was not there for a brother's blessing. He was not there... For a brother's instruction. He was not there for, for, what, for what was in store for brothers. Lot was supposed to be there as a son. You know, we want to be so equal and have our own status. That we can't give honor to whom honor is due. That we can't give honor to whom honor is due. We want to say, I got my own. I have my own revelation. I have my own vision. That we can't be taught by, by who God has delegated to teach. That we can't receive the words. 
that are coming from delegated authority. And because of that, we miss out. We miss out on God's best. Abraham says, we be brethren. And it's so subtle. I don't even know if Lot even caught it at that time. Because his heart and his eyes were turned so far away. He was looking at the cities. He was looking at the well-watered plains. He was looking towards Sodom and Gomorrah. That's where his heart was. But he didn't even realize that when, when Abram said, we be brethren. What's Abraham's attitude towards his brothers? He didn't have any animosity towards them. But guess what? He couldn't live with them. They had no part in what God was doing with him at that time. It's like, you know what? The time for, for, for these close connections, I gotta put those in I gotta put those in a special place. I cannot allow these special connections to prevent me from going forth with God's desire, with his plan. Too many times we wanna we wanna subjugate, we wanna we wanna put God's plan in second position to 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 what our, our, our children's athletic aspirations are. What's up with that? Now, we know what the odds are. Most of, most of our children will never play a minute in college. We'll never see a second, a second in a professional capacity. But we spend much money and invest much time driving our children all over the state and across the country in hopes of them gaining some sort of scholarship and, and, in hopes of them gaining the world's favor. Let's just put it plain. In hopes of passing. We passed our children through the fire. And we get so surprised because a coach was dismissed from a high school. And he says, I, I was not to blame. I just snapped that girl's bra strap. Well, you know what? I'm not going to pass my children through that fire. Where these, these corrupt people set up shop. And they have, they have time with my children. And they are not a part of the covenant. They are not a part of God. They are not teaching them. They are not modeling for them. They are not witnessing God's purpose and His design. And instead of taking correction, they want to they publish their own reports. It says, yeah, you know what, I may, I may have crossed the boundary, but it was all in jest. It was all, no, it, you know what, you know what, my children shouldn't have even been there in the first place. You were wrong, but I was wrong too. I shouldn't have put them under your tutelage because I knew you were not a godly person. I knew you didn't have God's design in mind for them. You know why? Because God gave my children someone that had his purposes and his designs in mind for them. And it's me. It's the father. He gave, he gave them a father. He gave my children a father to teach them the way that they should go. And I surrendered that influence to you. And that's, it's my fault. And so, my child, I apologize to you that I put you in that situation. That I allowed your vision, your, your focus to be turned away from God's direction and from God's design. Because Bethel is where we belong. It doesn't matter about the world's approval or the world's appreciation. In the place of God, here in His counsel, here in His direction, that's where we belong. You know what? I don't care about your friends, what they say. Or how they make it. For as for me and my house. As for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. This is where we will find good success. Other people may find success in other avenues. Guess what? 
I'm good. I'm glad for you, baby. I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing against you. But as for me and my house, this is how we find good success. This is how we are established. We will not build on any other foundation. On no other foundation will we build. Everything else is wood, hay, and stubble, and it's all going to be burned up. It's all going to be burned up in the testing and the trials. Abram told him, we'd be brethren. Lot didn't even understand that he was, he was supposed to have received the son's blessing. And here he is, he's, a, he's, he's, he's just a brother. He's just a brother. Contrast this with, with, with Ruth's response to Naomi. They've gone through the harshest of harsh. Naomi has lost her husband and both her sons. Ruth was a young, a young wife. A young wife. Didn't even have any children yet. And here she's lost her husband already. And Naomi says, as far as I can see, in my mind's eye, I've lost everything in this strange land. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to my people. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to, to where the worshipers are. I'm going to go back to, to where God's people are. And, and she says, you know what? She tells her daughters a lot, why don't you all go back to your families too? And maybe you can even find a, you can start all over again. Maybe you'll find success in a different avenue. And in Ruth chapter 1, verse 16, it says, And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And while thou, where thou lodgest, I will lodge. And thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Here she was. She was outside of the covenant. She wouldn't even raise up in it. You know, there are going to be people that come into this church. And they're going to be like, I cannot believe the, the word that you all have been receiving all these years. I can't believe the, the teaching that's been going forth. And you all have been hearing this since you were young. Why, why doesn't your life demonstrate? Why is that not seen? She says, where you go, I will go. She, basically, she says, you know what? I, I, I'm committed to this thing. That whatever fortune is coming forward, that I will only be established as a daughter to you. I'm not going to leave you. She didn't even know. She did not even know what God had in store for her. She had no concept of, of, of a Boaz or anything else. All she knew is that, you know what? You've been a good mother to me, and I, I, I'm not going to leave your side. I'm not going to leave the instruction. I'm not going to leave the counsel that you provided over this short time. Because I recognize that what you're saying is different than what I've been hearing in my past experience. I, I recognize that there is power in these words. There's, there's great value that I place. There's great value that I place in these words. You know, Lot believed that he had success. But he was actually, in going to Sodom and Gomorrah, he was actually going further and further away from his source. He was going further away from his strength. His separation from Abram, it excluded him from the promises that were intended for Abram's offspring. It even excluded him from the promises of all those that were in Abram's household. 
it's evident that he chose to settle in a place that was even outside of the land of promise. The city that he traveled, that he, that he went to settle in, it's, it, it's, it, it, was, it was outside of the land of promise. You know, one thing about Lot, he was shrewd. Even though he was no longer with Abram. Even though he was no longer there. He still found it beneficial to him, to himself, to trade on Abram's name. Here he is in Sodom and he's still trading on Abram's name. How do we know this? We know this is because when they, when they took the cities captive, when they took the cities captive, and Lot was taken captive along with the rest. That they took Genesis chapter 14, verse 11. Let's just go there. We have a little time. Y'all don't mind if we study these scriptures, do you? You know, I love family life class because here we get a chance to actually go through the scriptures. You know, I don't assume that you know any of these scriptures, but, you know, these references, write them down in your notes and read them, read them and study them in your time. I'm going to highlight these are the things that you should be seeing as you're reading through these scriptures. Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 14, I'm sorry. Starting at verse 11. It says, And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their victuals and went their way. And they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt... It's not even Abram's son anymore. It's Abram's brother's son. Who dwelt in Sodom and all his goods and departed. And there came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrew. For he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite, the brother of Eshcol, the brother of Ner, and these were confederate with Abram. Somebody escaped the, the captivity. He says, you know what? We don't know where any help could be found, but, but guess, but you know what? That, that, lot, that lot's been talking some big game about this, this rich uncle that he has. About this, 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 this man that's connected to him. Let's, let's go to him. Maybe he can help. He's still trading on that name. He's still trading on the name. He didn't, he didn't understand that Abram's strength did not come from arms. It did not come from many men. His strength came from the Lord. His strength came because he worshipped. This is the first time in Scripture that actually Abram is called a Hebrew. That he's called, in some translations it says that he's, he, he's a man that, that, that's, 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 that's from, 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 from another land, from another place. Other translations says that the Hebrew, that he's Abram the worshipper. That this is the, the characteristic of him. Here Abraham, he is in the land. He's making the land produce for him. But you know what, even the people that are in the land that see him, they recognize that, you know what, this Abram, he's not like the rest of us. He's the man, he's from over there. He's the worshiper. He's not, he's not, like, he's not like the rest of us. He doesn't conduct himself in the same way that we conduct ourselves. This Abram, he's different than us. And God has blessed him because he's not like us. Because he's different than we are. Abram, he puts himself at risk. Again, we said he's not, he has no animosity towards, his, towards Lot. He puts himself at risk and his men at risk for the sake of his brethren. He takes the reason why, we, why, why I read those hard names, Mamre and Eshcol and Anur, 
and these men, because they were all confederate with Abraham. They, they, they said, you know what? We understand who you are. You're a man of integrity. They were willing to arm themselves up. And they go. And just that band, that small band, was able to take back all that had been taken. To, to recover the people and the goods. But when Abram, when he is successful in battle, he doesn't, he doesn't blow his own horn. He doesn't sound his own praises. He doesn't seek after his own benefit. But what does he do? To, as soon as the battle is over and there is peace, then comes Melchizedek, the king of Salem, bringing forth bread and wine. And Abram gives 10% of all. He's there. Abram's like, you know what? The battle is not. The victory is not mine. It belongs to the Lord. Any success that I have is not mine. It's not of my own doing. But it is because God fights for me. God fights for me. He gives thanks by giving tithes. You know, something that I, that I noticed when I was reading these scriptures, that it, it talks about that the people, they came because they knew that Abram was connected to Lot. And it says that, that Lot, he was rescued. He was among those that were rescued. And all, as well as the goods and possessions were, 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 were brought out. And then it talks about Abraham giving thanks. You know, it never talks about Lot giving thanks. It never talks about Lot saying, you know what? I can't believe I got myself into that situation. I can't believe that I got myself into that place. You know, I need to turn away. I need to turn away from these evil people, from these weak people, these people that have no strength, that have no power, that only have a form, but there's no substance. We never, see, we never even see Lot going back to Abram and saying, you know what, thank you so much, brother. Thank you so much, brother, for bringing us out. I've been talking big game about you and you came through. We never even see that. You know what happened? Is that the king of Sodom, he came to Abram. He, he tried, to, he tried to, to play some games with him. He tried to say, you know what, you take the stuff and I'll take the people. And they was like, I ain't taking nothing from you. I'm not going to let anybody say that you made me rich. You know, these people were very shrewd at that time. They were very cunning. What does this mean? You take the things and I'll take the people. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? Are you saying that the, that the things are more valuable than the people? That's why you're so weak. That's why there's no power. Because you think that things and stuff are more important or of greater value than the people. But the, you know what? Our God, He loved the world. He loved all of us. He loved all of us so much, so much, that he, he took away all of his glory. He, he veiled himself of his glory and made himself of no reputation just to save us. He says, it's not about the things and the stuff. It's about the, his desire is that no soul would be lost. His heart's desire is for all of us, it's for you. Are we so, are we so excited and so so short-sighted about things and stuff that we put those, that, that those things in front of our children, that we pursue after possessions and monies and status, that we place that in front 
of the example and the witness that we should be showing to our children. You know, Abram is called a friend of God. And I knew I was going to get into this situation. Abram is called a friend of God. He believed God and he ordered himself accordingly. And we're just going to talk for a few minutes about Abram. About his witness and his testimony. And then next week we're going to talk some more about Lot. But it says, Abram, he, he, he was called a friend of God. He believed God and he ordered his home and he ordered himself accordingly. In Genesis chapter 15. Amen. We're just going, we're just going through the scriptures. We start in Genesis chapter 12. We touched on 13, 14. Now we're in Genesis chapter 15. Verse 6, it says, and this is Abram, Abraham talking um, uh, as, as he's about to have his name changed. He says in verse 6, that he believed the Lord. He counted it to him for righteousness. Abram believed the Lord. And the Lord counted that on Abraham's books for righteousness. He says, you know what? I can work with that. I can work with that. He goes on and he circumcises once God cuts covenant. And, and God makes covenant with himself because Abram was, was in no condition to make covenant. He was in no condition to make. He, what promise can you make me? What promise can you keep? I, I, I'm going to make this promise with myself. But I know, I, I know that you're going to order yourself according to it. When, when, when God makes covenant with himself, Abram orders his whole household to be circumcised. Go to Genesis chapter 17. And it says in Abraham, this is Abraham now. Abraham now, covenant has been made. His name has been changed from Abram to Abraham. Abraham took Ishmael, his son, and all that were born in his house, and all that were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the selfsame day as God had said unto him. And Abraham was ninety-nine years old, ninety-nine and nine years old, when he circumcised the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was thirteen years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And it says that in the selfsame day, as Abraham was circumcised, and Ishmael was his son, and all the men of his house, born in his house, and bought with money of the stranger, were circumcised with him. Lot's not a part of this. I asked my children the other night, I said, was, was, was Lot ever circumcised? And the answer to that is no. Lot should have been a son. He should have been as one that was in Abraham's house. He should have been brought into the covenant, but because he wanted to be a brother, he wanted to be co-equal. His pride and what he thought was success clouded him and took him away. So he was not able to be there when, when, when God revealed that he was going to, the covenant with Abram and changed his name and the whole house was circumcised. Abraham was 99 years old and circumcised. Imagine that he was 99 years old. 99 and still was able to hear and to obey the voice of the Lord. He was able to hear and to obey God's counsel. His son was 13 years old. 
and was circumcised. All the men in his house, the house where Lot should have been, but he was not, they were all circumcised. Now what does that mean? These men were capable men. They were hardy men. They were men that could get some work done. They could handle some business. They just went out and destroyed. They had defeated four kings and brought back the possessions of five kings. They were not, they were, they were not, they were not wimps. They were not pushovers. These were strong men. And they had to go through a procedure. They had to humble themselves to put themselves through much pain where no muscles could aid, no strength of arms could aid. They had to make themselves completely vulnerable and weakened. What caused them to do this? What causes people that, that doesn't even seem like they should be a part, but they say, you know what? I'm going to lay it. I'm going to. It doesn't it doesn't even matter what status I have. It doesn't even matter where I've been, what, what position I have. I'm going to humble myself. It's because the word of God and godly counsel was as a trumpet in Abraham's home. His 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 life. His witness he had put himself in position. He was prepared. And now he was willing and able to do anything that God called him to do. And all those men, they saw that. They said, you know what? We didn't hear from God ourselves, but Abraham, we've heard from you. We didn't hear from God ourselves, but we heard from you. And based on your witness, based on your witness, we're going to fall under we're going to make ourselves low. That's what it means for the word of God to be a trumpet into your home. When your children, they, they stop their arguments and they stop their debates. When you are esteemed by your nephews, by your nieces, by all those around and they say, you know what? I may not know everything that they're talking about, but I know I know you. I've seen your character and how God has walked with you. How you have remained faithful in your successes and in your failures. Always giving glory and always giving credit to the Lord. That based on your testimony, I can humble myself. I can, I can, I can come into the gathering. I can come into the gathering so that I can hear the word of God and repent. Amen? Amen. You can be dismissed. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.